So now we're going to have um, uh, a chat with Michael McTighe, uh, who is a sculptor up in Kildamona, myself and uh, Anthony Linehan, uh, we called up to his uh, workshop up in Kildamona, and uh, his uh, relative, uh, Michael McTighe, he, he was uh, a boxer, he, and um, he won the light heavyweight world championship in, in Dublin in March 17, 1923, right in the middle of the Civil War. So <clears throat> it's a very interesting um, uh, interview. And uh, so now we have Michael McTighe and uh, uh, telling us all about uh, his, his, his namesake uh, who immigrated to America and uh, who won the world title. My name is Pat O'Brien and I'm in Kildamona with Michael McTighe who was a cousin of Michael McTighe, the boxer. Uh, we're uh, recording this interview for... Uh, uh, Saturday Chronicle from the 6th of May and uh, I'm here with my my co-presenter Anthony Linehan and we're here with Michael. Michael, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming out, nice to have you here. Anthony. Good morning Pat. Um, I'll, I'll just quote here, Gildemona's King of the Ring remembered a hundred years ago. One hundred years ago on St. Patrick's Day, Gildemona's Michael McTighe became World Light Heavyweight Boxing Champion. A remarkable feat made by, made more extraordinary because it came in the middle of the civil war that whipped through the country. White Stormer Hertig in the Clare Champion on the, 17th, on the on the 17th of March. I'll just read out. 50 years from now, it will be a standout in the ring history, along with powers and strength of John L. Sullivan, the skill of Carver's and the punching power of Fitzsimons and the defensive skills of Jack Johnson. The mild Irishman, Mike McTighe, will be one of the great stories of the ring. Mark that down, Paul Gillesio of the New York Daily Times. So Anthony, that's a, a, a nice comment from the, from the New York Times. Give us a background to it anyway. I'm just wondering here, is Mike is here in front of us, has he anything in those hands? Did you do any bit of boxing with those no, hands? I no, I didn't. They're fine big hands. They're fine big yeah. hands, but they're very clean looking. Look at those yeah. nails. For, for a stone cutter, yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering, are you a stone cutter at all? Are you only fooling us? The only thing I inherited is a reach. Normally, if you stretch out your hands, it's the same as your height, but I can go to about six and a half feet okay. of a stretch. Okay, Well, that's handy for the, the etching and the, and the stone, I suppose. Yeah, it is, yeah. Michael, you might tell us a bit about um, Michael McTighe. Yeah, he was an all-round sportsman. Um, Jack Lyons got to be good to him over there in Dysart. Uh, he said that, you know, he, he went to a sports meeting somewhere up in North Clare before he ever left, and he won every competition one after another from end to end. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and he used to say, like, when he'd be, if he was going from A to B, people in those days, they walked everywhere in the cross fields. He'd never open a gate, he'd jump it. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Um, obviously, he, sure, like everybody... That he came from a huge family. There was eleven in the family, so he made his way down to Cove and he sailed across and he landed in New York, penniless. I think one of his brothers might have been there ahead of him. There was also other McTighes. Anyway, a few of them went that Michael. Did there was a few of the family come to Jaws? Um, well, all of them eventually went, except yeah. for a, uh, John, his brother Johnsy was the only one that stayed at They're home, and there yeah. was two sisters. But uh, the rest of them settled in New York. He arrived there, he worked as a beef handler in the docks and um, 
there's a, there's a very good TV documentary done by T.G. Cahill, but there's a brilliant quote, and it said, it was a good place for a man to learn he could fight, because it was dog rough there. And Mike was discovered brawling around the dockside, yeah, and uh, somebody who spotted him, he was able to, to he punched a couple of guys, there's different stories around it, but, you know, laid him out with ease, because he wasn't that big a man. And somebody said, you should be in the ring, and... Um, they put him initially under a guy who owned the gym, and there's a lovely nickname for this fella. He was called Elbows McFadden. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine what he got up to in the ring. Yeah, it's a nice name, always. He was a very clever boxer, a crafty boxer, a scientific boxer. He wasn't a big hitter. He tended to fight above his weight. Like when he defeated Battling Psyche, Psyche was 12 pounds heavier than him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and. Um, Basically because he fought for a living and uh, he wasn't a spectacular fighter, but um, I've often said the picture of him I used, he was quite a handsome guy when he won the world title at the age of 31, they wouldn't American him because yeah, he was yeah. able to stay out of trouble. Anyhow, he was discovered brawling in the, the, the rough end of New York City in the docks and he was put into the ring and he fought. He won a lot, of, like he was middleweight champion of Canada, he, you know, he won Canadian yeah, titles. Never got a shot at the real big time, but he earned a good living. At this stage, he had married a Kerry woman called Celia Manning from Cahersaveen, and he had three daughters, and made his way back to Ireland. He went via England to fight a few fights nice. and then pick up a bit of money. And when he landed in Dublin, Batlin Psyche from Senegal in West Africa had just defeated the reigning world champion, George Carpentier in Paris. He knocked him out in the fifth round in front of a massive crowd oh, in Paris. Yeah, yeah. It was a race thing. Basically, Psyche came from the, the French colony of Senegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he couldn't... Basically, it, it wasn't... He couldn't... He wouldn't be allowed to defend his title in, in, on English soil because of the race thing. He was a black man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as somebody said, we, Mel Crystal said on the day, we got some of our independence in 1921. The Civil War was in, in Ireland... And a bright spark by the name of Tom Singleton said he could... Mike McTighe had come back to Ireland at this stage, and he would have been well-known in boxing circles, and said, if we can get Psyche over and have a fight in St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah. And the Free State Government were very much in favour of it because it would have given a semblance of normality. Oh, the Civil yeah, War yeah. was on. The anti-treaty people did their best to stop it. Yeah, yeah. So that's why bombs went off around the streets of Dublin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, um, Mel Crystal at the unveiling of the monument told the story very well when he said, there was bullets flying in O'Connell Street <laughs> on the night, which there was. So that's how the fight came to be staged yeah. on St. Patrick's Day in Dublin in 1923. Yeah, and the La Scala. The La Scala uh, Theatre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's part of Penny's in O'Connell Street now. If, if you turn down yeah, Princess yeah. Street Lane there, you, you, you'll find, find it there. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him being called Psyche, was that a derogatory thing? The no. Psyche, or he was happy enough with the name? He himself? was, yeah. That's, okay. it's, it's on the it's match program. It was a bit of an, an age, I suppose. Yeah. Battling Psyche is on the match program. His real name was Louis Fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. T-H-A-L. Okay. Okay. Just thinking the way you've described the, the brawl and say that happened in the rough parts of New York. Yeah. And, and did he fight much more after that? In, he did. He, well, he def- like... Just to put it in context, he had a total of 174 fights. Like, if 74 would be twice too many nowadays, let alone 174. The average fight is less than 30, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other remarkable thing is, 
There was only one version of a world title back then. Yeah, There's yeah, about yeah. a half a dozen now. Yeah. They fought 20 rounds. 20 rounds, yeah, I see that. The it was the last ever 20 rounds title fight. fight. 23 minute rounds. 23 minute rounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even that's the guys on the undercard were fighting 10, ra- oh, 10 round fights. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's double what the professional boxers would be, would it be, is, yeah, would be yeah. fighting now. So, um, the fight itself, not very spectacular, but. Um, Mike managed to stay. If it was a 10, 12 round fight, he wouldn't have won. He was, yeah, yeah. He was basically under retreat for 10 yeah. rounds and yeah. Psyche got tired, so he, you know, he laid into him then yeah. for 10 rounds <laughs> and then gave him a good, a good wallop and yeah, yeah. Um, broke his thumb halfway through it. Yeah. Mike did just yeah. an awkward punch because the, the gloves were quite light back right. then. You, you can see him in the museum in Ennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the, the ring was quite small as well, and we were shown clips of the fight to Colin Flynn, like yeah, he said yeah. that the ring is way smaller than what yeah, is now, so there was no, even less place to hide. Hide, you couldn't get away, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you had to, you had to stand your ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael, you might tell us about the, the memorial and how it came about and the, the committee, how you set up. The uh, Nicholas Wren, a grandnephew, Kevin Wren, a grandnephew, and Antoinette McCormick, a grandniece, and myself got together. Obviously, the centenary of the fight was coming up, and we began a couple of years ago pre-COVID and did our initial plan and got great help from Claire Colin Malloy with regard to planning and whatnot. And basically, we decided, you know, something had to be done. Yeah, We're yeah, talking yeah. about it for a long time; it should yeah, be yeah. done mm-hmm. years ago. So, like light heavyweight champion of the world, it doesn't get much bigger than that. It doesn't you know? no, and, no, um, no. It was handy enough to have somebody like me around able to do it. I suppose. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, we we got together and just published our needs, so to speak. People gave money generously without having to be pressed too much. Yeah. I know Kevin Keane helped us with fundraisers at the Grove in Ennis and the, the Good House in Ina was yeah, a very yeah, good night yeah. there. And uh, we put it together with that, like, and and um, because I was doing it, you know, my labour was free, so that kept the cost down as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. And we were very fortunate then. We we unveiled it on the 18th of March because a lot of people were tied up in the 17th. 18th, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. We were very fortunate. We had Fergal Hagerty who won a couple of All-Ireland yeah, medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, he unveiled it. And uh, among the people who came that day was Mel Crystal, president of the Irish Boxing That's Union, a very yeah. prominent figure, and a number of professional boxers, particularly the Donovan brothers. Yeah. came and uh, Jamie Morrissey and young Louis Griffin who just won a national title at amateur level was down and uh, we had a great day in Kilnamon about 300 people there you know traffic restrictions and everything uh, the image of Mike I used is taken from a photograph of him as I said he was quite a handsome fellow and didn't have a mark on him so I used a picture of him but he was dressed in a suit because I gave a good idea of his face so I had to create the rest of him danced in as a boxer but that's what I do anyway yeah 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 yeah. so it's there now it's in the side of the N85 yeah. and you just know see it on the way up there, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, the first prominent the on the way back. it's the first prominent landmark you'll you'll see yeah. after leaving Innes yeah. as you head yeah. towards all the tourist attractions in Clare this, yeah, yeah. this is the gateway to Cliffs of Moher oh, Dole and La Hinch you know you name it yeah yeah yeah. yeah. everybody heads out this way to see those mm. places they do yeah and, uh, yeah, it's just marvellous to have it in the, in, in the parish and he's been remembered in as, as, you know, as, as, as all those people should be. Yeah, really. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I was going to go back briefly and tell you, like, when he left, won the world title, he left Ireland and <coughs> didn't come back anymore. So he talked, 
he went to obviously went back to New York and he was offered all sorts of things. There was Martin bands waiting for him in the streets of New York. Yeah, yeah. Batlin Psyche went to New York, but he didn't do so well. He ended up being shot dead within. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how long after this. Mike McTighe paid for his funeral, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Mike went, eventually, he was matched in the, down in the deep south where racism was rampant then. An Irishman in Georgia wouldn't have been particularly welcome, but he was matched against the local pride of Georgia called Young Stribling. Yeah. And uh, he beat Stribling, but the Ku Klux Klan invaded the ring and proclaimed <laughs> Stribling the, winger any, the winner yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. They sat around the ringside with revolvers in their laps and uh, told him and the referee beforehand they could pick whichever three they'd like to be hanged from. <laughs> but they had to run for their lives and uh, the fight was awarded, you know, Mike won the fight, clear, yeah. Yeah, clear yeah, as yeah. day. So there's, there's great stories like that. Uh, he got out of Georgia? They got just about by the skin of their teeth. What year was that? That would have been 1924, I'd say, okay. the year after he won the... Okay. He lost his title in 1925, he held his title for two years. Uh, like, this was the golden era of boxing. You were just out of John L. Sullivan. You had Jack Dempsey, Gene Tunney, mm-hmm. Harry Grebb, you name it. It was it was the, the, the pinnacle. So to win a world title back then, you had to be the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, a guy called Paul Berlinbeck dethroned him in Madison Square Garden in 1925. He was a former Olympic wrestler. Now, the interesting thing about this is two years later, Mike was getting old at that stage. He was 31 when he won the world title. Yeah, yeah. But he fought Berlinbeck... Berlin Beck having lost the title in the meantime and knocked him out like in the fourth round at the age of 38 I think mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. phenomenal comeback mm. yeah marvelous. and after that then what after that he settled down you know he fought a lot obviously and then lost all his money in the crash of 1929 and then he went fighting for money and he got his brains boxed in basically oh, because as I said he fought 174 oh, times say, yeah. so <coughs> in the latter years then he ran a bear he ended up getting beaten up in the subway in New York as an older man and uh, he ended up in a mental institution where he died in 1966 yeah, yeah. he's buried yeah. in Calvary Cemetery now but he lived to be the age of 74 mm. there's a story of uh, his nephew Mike Wren Mike McTighe's nephew, he went to New York in the 1970s and Mike went to visit Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey had a pub in New York and I told him I'm Mike McTighe's nephew and there was a great welcome for him. Mm. And Mike Wren put it to Dempsey, he says, would you have beaten Mike McTighe? And he says, I would if I could have hit him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was able to get away from him. He was an elusive fighter. Nice of yeah, yeah. Could hide. Yeah. Yeah. And very, very lively on his feet. Like again, going back to Colin Flynn, when we were watching clips of the fight, like at the start of it, you remarked, Psyche gets into the ring, plodded around. Oh, Mike yeah. was hopping off his toes and explored every square inch of the ring beforehand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. to become familiar with it. Yeah, 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 there was yeah, marked yeah. difference yeah. between their their approach even before the the, the fight started. Yeah. So Michael, um, yeah, our, our time is up. So thanks very much for your for your uh, contribution I'm delighted thanks for coming here you know it yeah. gives me a chance to yeah. brag about the, <laughs> yeah. our people yeah it's just nice yeah. uh, it's nice yeah. to remember uh, yeah. Michael McTighe and his boxing yeah. achievements yeah. And, uh, his life and how yeah. it can have swung maybe maybe on, on a knife edge I mean you were mentioning earlier on the going back to the very early times when he was in the brawling situations yeah uh, how you know so many people ended up in gangs etc and just thinking of that is, yeah he could just easily have become an enforcer the other way yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember 
wondering when I, uh, that film, the, the gangs of New York, was it as violent as that? And actually, someone telling me it was actually worse. Probably so worse, could, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You've seen that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. Mm. So he could have gone one way. It's, I suppose boxing was, a, you mentioned being able to hide in the ring. I suppose boxing was a great place to hide in the best sense to kind of channel in your aggression. Your aggression and your natural talents. Natural of course, talent. looking up, somebody spotted him as being, you know, skillful. Yeah. And, uh, that's how he ended up in the ring. But uh, people even who went into the ring that were put in purely for as gladiators for the entertainment of people as well, you know. Yeah. Not everybody who went into the ring did well either. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so mm. my, my, my came out of the world title. And, yeah. Uh, oh, very good. A lot of extremes, amazing. I suppose, up mm. and down. Absolutely. And you, the, you, the whole roaring 20s going on at that stage, yes. prohibition and gangsters yeah. and the, the whole mix is in there. Like, it's, mm. it's, it's an amazing story for somebody who grew up in a small patch of land in Kilnamona. And I suppose uh, when he came to Dublin, in, 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 it wasn't any change when the, the, the Civil War... That's right, yeah, yeah, it was more gunfire <laughs> and bombs. <laughs> they talk about battling psyche, he wasn't really sure, he didn't have any English. Yeah. And uh, he was, there, there were training camps out of the city, but there was shots being fired and psyche didn't know, but there was some kind of a guard of honour for him, you know. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, Michael, very much for your time. Thanks, Thank yourself. Thank Delighted. You. Thanks, Michael. Okay, great interview there, Pat. Yeah, it was marvellous to hear all about, about Michael McTighe's win and, 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 and his namesake, Michael, up in, in yes. Kilnamorna. And they have a lovely memorial at Kilnamorna Cross. If anyone's heading, heading back, to the, back to the seaside there, yes, you, could, you, can, you can pull in there at the left-hand side, nice and very safe. And that's it, fairly recent. It is, yeah, it, it was actually unveiled on the 18th of March this year. Uh, and the actual nearly on the anniversary of the of his win in Dublin. Okay, so great stuff. 